Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 16th of April. Urgent investigations are now underway after the death of a woman in New South Wales who developed blood clots after receiving a COVID vaccine. It's understood the 48-year-old who had diabetes received the jab on Friday before being admitted to hospital. It hasn't been confirmed as yet which vaccine the woman received. The TGA is now investigating with health officials saying it's still too early to confirm at this stage whether there is any link between the vaccine and the tragic death. He is Prime Minister Scott Morris. I think it's important um, because of the fact that people can have concerns that we follow that that important process to inform ourselves properly, to allow um, those medical experts to do uh, make their inquiries. The AstraZeneca vaccine is no longer recommended for people under the age of 50 here in Australia because of the concern over very rare blood clots. Meantime, a new study out of the UK this morning shows people who get COVID-19 are at a much greater risk of developing blood clots than people who receive the coronavirus vaccines. The Oxford University research, which hasn't been peer-reviewed as yet, found the risk of cerebral thrombosis, or CVT, from COVID is about 100 times greater than normal. Here's Dr David Argus on CBS This Morning. I think this is more evidence of the vaccine helping people in a dramatic way from the ravages of COVID-19. Still overseas and many cities in India are now in lockdown as the country battles a deadly second wave of COVID. It's recording more than 200,000 new infections every day, with 1,000 others dying. Meantime, in Europe, a grim milestone with one million people now passing away from COVID. Despite the COVID cases surging overseas, our Prime Minister has put forward a proposal to open our international borders. The plan would allow Australians' exemptions to travel overseas for business, funeral and medical reasons. Travellers will be allowed to serve 14 days quarantine at home. Here is Qantas CEO Alan Joyce. We're seeing other countries already starting to open up. And I think there's a real danger to our economy, to our tourism, to our business traffic, that we are laggards here and fall behind the rest of the world. And more good news this morning on the economic front, with Australia's unemployment rate continuing to fall. The latest figures have revealed a drop of 0.2% in March to 5.6, with close to 80,000 more jobs. Here is Treasurer Josh Frydenberg on the ABC. We're now seeing more Australians in a job than ever before. We've seen 2,000 plus jobs created every day over the month of March. Around 80% of the new jobs have gone to women and around half the number of jo- half the jobs have gone to young people. But the Treasurer is warning we haven't seen the full impact of the end of JobKeeper and we'll have more details on this story with Scott Phillips coming up shortly in Business and Finance. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning. First to WA and heartbreaking details are continuing to emerge in Perth's north after the death of a baby. Our reporter Emma Griffiths 
has more. Tash WA's police commissioner has labelled the death of the 11-month-old as a tragedy. Police say a mother found her baby daughter unresponsive in her vehicle after picking up another child from a Dutch childcare facility. The 39-year-old rushed the infant inside the centre with workers performing CPR before medical help arrived, but sadly the baby couldn't be saved. The mother has been assisting police with their inquiries, with officers from the major crime division spending the last 24 hours at the scene. Commissioner Chris Dawson says it's nothing short of a tragedy. We've spoken to both parents uh, and the uh, situation just is tragic. We're offering as much support as possible but we have our duty to do and we'll do that but we'll do it thoroughly and sensitively. To New South Wales now and the ABC has been forced to apologise over an editing blunder with the video of a dance routine at an official Navy function. The performers were twerking with senior government officials filmed watching on in the audience. But the ABC has been forced to admit that wasn't the case and their edited vision was misleading. Our reporter Kim Bradish has this story from Sydney. The video has sent the country into a spin. The dance troupe were twerking in front of new Australian warship HMAS Supply in Sydney. And the first question everyone is asking, obviously, is why? It features seven women thrusting and shaking in a choreographed hip-hop-like routine. It was meme galore on social media yesterday. However, the event gained wider attention after the ABC spliced shots of the dance routine with stone-faced reactions of attending military leaders. But yesterday it emerged the footage had been wrongly edited and the ABC issued an apology with the story since amended. The Navy said none of the officials or dignitaries such as the Governor-General and Chief of Navy had seen the performance as it occurred before they arrived. The Prime Minister Scott Morrison yesterday said he's disappointed the event was misreported. While the Navy has not explained why the dancers from the Group 101 Doll Squadron were hired, I don't think these women thought they'd receive this much exposure, that's for sure. 101 Doll Squadron are a community dance group with members from Indigenous and multiracial backgrounds. The rest of the event was not as entertaining as that with the usual speeches, brass band performances and sailors saluting and marching. To Victoria now and mental health support groups are being called in to help employees get back to the office. With COVID restrictions and numerous lockdowns, many Victorians spent the majority of 2020 working from home and some are still cautious about returning to their desks. Our reporter James Lake has more from Melbourne. Yes, Tash, bosses are turning to psychology. A growing number of employers are now hiring psychologists to help them coax their reluctant workers back into the office. It's actually because many employees say they've felt threatened to go back to their desks. However, since the COVID rules were relaxed in Victoria, the bosses are now no longer legally obliged to allow remote work and they can insist on staff coming back to the building. Psychologists are now helping businesses to work up conflict-free return plans for workers and also draft scripts for managers who are being urged to take a flexible approach and make the transition a positive experience for those used to working from home. Meantime, in South Australia, the state government's under fire for the slow rollout of its vaccine program. But now it's announced mass vaccination hubs are on the way. Our reporter, Sean Maynard, has the details from Adelaide. 
Yeah, this has been teased for a few weeks now, but finally the South Australian government can announce two new max vaccination hubs will open in Adelaide's north and south, one at a civic centre in the suburb of Elizabeth and the southern base. That will actually be located in an old master's hardware store at Norlunga. There is just one catch. Neither of these hubs are expected to open until June, but by then you'd expect there'd be a decent amount of supply of vaccinations coming down the supply chain. Uh, we can also confirm these will be Pfizer facilities, all of that, of course, of course, uh, pending just how many jabs are on their way from the Commonwealth, uh, these two sites coming in addition to a mass vaccination hub at the uh, Adelaide Showgrounds just next to the CBD. That one will open on April 30. It will at least initially vaccinate healthcare staff and emergency workers aged under 50. Uh, these announcements coming at a critical time. Canberra's figures found SA Health had used just 57% of its available doses. That's the lowest in the nation. According to the state government, 100,000 South Australians have been vaccinated with at least their first jab so far. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. Now, some may say, here's a bombshell. Apparently, bank bosses love rising house prices. Tash, good morning. Surprise, so who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Exactly. It's, it turns out that Westpac and and, uh, and CBA are both telling the federal government, look, don't worry about rising house prices. And look, please don't worry about regulating us. Look, house prices are going to rise at 10% this year, according to CBA. Another 10% next year, according to Westpac. But seriously, everything's fine. Don't touch it. Let's, let us make our money, please. Now, I'm being a little bit facetious. They are saying, look... The risks now aren't the same as they were back in 2014-15 when the last lot of regulatory oversight rules, the macro prudential rules, as they call them, were put in place. They're saying much lower investing lending, much lower LVRs, or at least not meaningfully higher. So, hey, guys, leave us alone. Let us make some money. Uh, You know, that might be a little self-serving, put it that way. (laughs) Uh, Now, Scott, also, we love some good economic news. We mentioned earlier these really good unemployment figures. Good to see people are getting back into the workforce. But the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, was a bit cautious saying, hang on a minute, this latest data does not include when JobKeeper actually ended. So should we be concerned moving forward about unemployment? It's funny, isn't it? How, how, when was the last time you heard a treasurer say, hey, this data's good, but don't don't take too much of it? Normally, they're, they're doing the full song and dance. <laughs> and that's because Treasurer Frydenberg, of course, does realise that this was the last set of numbers pre the end of JobKeeper. And so, yes, there were going to be people put out of work, unfortunately, because of JobKeeper. We've talked about that before. The great news for everybody is when you start at 5.6%, you're starting with an economy that is doing really, really well. We know consumer confidence was up to an 11-year high earlier this week as well. So, yeah, look, I think we've got to be careful. We should expect a small rise next month when the data comes out. But hopefully what it does tell us is there's so much momentum in the economy now that hopefully particularly for those people put out of work, this, this economy can absorb those people and hopefully get them back, on the, back to the job pretty quickly. And talking about our really good economy in Australia at the moment, Scott, uh, some more good news with the Australian Stock Exchange hitting another post-pandemic high. Yeah, that's right, Tash. So yesterday the market closed at its highest point since the beginning of the pandemic. February 19 last year was our all-time high. We're not there just yet, but this is the highest point we've been since that point. And frankly, we're only a couple of percentage points away from the all-time highs. So along with along with the economy, consumer confidence, unemployment, also we've got the, the ASX really roaring back into life. It's doing really well. The sense that the economy is back. We are back to, to work. I was out in the city yesterday and there are people everywhere. It does really feel like this is the, the after times. Now we've got to touch wood and cross our fingers, of course, but it does seem like everyone's getting back to normal and the economic data and the stock market data is showing us the same thing. And you've got so much good news today. I love this. You're like Santa. Um, we start... <laughs> 
We're starting to see some good news about super as well. We could see that increase, although we haven't seen wages increase. Mate, short of the red nose and the beard, that is good news, so we'll, we'll take that. Look, I think, you know, you're right, we need wages increases as well, so that is the downside of this. But it seems, according to reports this morning, the federal government has given up on its campaign to pause or cancel increases in the superannuation guarantee. So the amount of money our bosses put in our paychecks every every month, um, there was going to be capped at 9.5% if some uh, coalition backbenchers had their way to actually make this uh, basically capped or, or paused. It looks like the government's given up on that fight for now at least, so we should go to 10% come this budget, and hopefully they'll legislate to, to increase it to 12% over the next four or five years. Of course, that doesn't mean it will happen, but for now, at least it looks like the next increase will go through, and that'll be more retirement money, and that's good for all of us. So much good news, Scott, on this Feel Good Friday. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, what a performance for the Broncos against the favourite Panthers last night. I know they didn't win, but no one thought they could do it. Yeah, well, they didn't quite do it in the end, but it was uh, a great performance nonetheless. You could almost say their best performance of the season, putting aside their win over Canterbury, but that's a team who will be toward the bottom of the ladder with them this season. But coming up against the Panthers last night, the only unbeaten side left in the NRL, as we mentioned uh, yesterday. Hardly any weaknesses. You thought, oh, this could get a bit ugly. It was at Suncorp Stadium we should add as well but yeah certainly for the first well 74 minutes of the game so right uh, until the pointy end of the contest they were right there with the Panthers it was 12 all and it took for Nathan Cleary to step up with a 43 metre two point field goal of course, that being introduced this season. Then a late try to get the Panthers uh, over the line. And the superstar halfback won the praise of his coach and his dad, of course, Ivan Cleary. He's getting better. I think the game's slowing down for him a bit. And in those big moments, I think he's had his fair share of them now. Not only can he see what to do, he's actually he got the execution part right tonight too. So. Now for the Broncos, obviously Kevin Walters really happy with their effort. But he said if they executed better down the stretch, they might have actually pulled off the win. So he's pleased with some aspects, but still feels that there's a lot of areas that they need to work on. Uh, they will get some help, though. Carmichael Hunt will be coming back to the Broncos. Hasn't been there for 11 years. 2009, I think, was his last season. Won a premiership back in 2006. Then, of course, he went on a journey around the globe, playing in the AFL for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, then he went to Super Rugby. He's been overseas as well. Now he's back uh, playing in the Queensland Cup for South Slogan. That's brought him on the radar of, uh, of the Broncos and Kevin Walters, who initially said he wasn't interested in uh, signing Carmichael Hunt, but uh, obviously he's had a change of heart. Am I allowed to change my mind? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the performance of the side, yeah. yeah. I, I feel Carmichael can add to this group with his presence, so we'll see see what happens. So he's on a train and trial uh, contract, so we might not see him for a few weeks, but uh, they've got a bit of extra experience there now at the Broncos to help them out. It's never boring, is it, the NRL? Uh, also today, Brett Richmond bounced back into form in devastating fashion against St Kilda last night. Yeah, also not a result we were really thinking of. St Kilda coming off that uh, rousing win over West Coast in the previous round where they were down by 33 points and managed to storm back and win. Uh, last night it was all about uh, getting off to a better start than they had in previous rounds, which they did. They were right there with the Tigers in the first quarter. Even the second quarter, they were 20-something points down at, uh, at half time. I don't think anyone really saw what was going to happen in the second half. Only 11 inside 50s in two quarters of football. That is really disappointing from St Kilda as Richmond, as you said, they'd lost two games in a row. They hadn't lost three in a row since 2017. So Damien Harwick must have said something at halftime, got them really fired up 
Uh, Jack Rewalt kicked five goals. Tom Lynch, three. They dominated uh, in the midfield. And uh, their coach, Damien Howick, says that they finally clicked in the top gear. Yeah, it was some of our best football that we've played, there's no doubt. Um, as a coach, you'll always look for, for areas of growth. Um, and we'll certainly find them in the review. So while the Saints had come off a win against West Coast, this result last night, 86 points they lost by. That's now two out of three where they've uh, suffered a belting. Uh, three weeks ago, it was against Essendon, who you would expect uh, them to beat. They went in as heavy favourites to that game. Bradley Hills under the microscope now. High-profile recruit came across a couple of seasons ago from the Dockers on a big contract. But uh, Brett Ratton, their coach, says that his place in the side is safe. No, we won't drop Brad Hill. It was a five-day turnaround. He didn't perform to the level that he can. He played well last week. Yeah, we need to back him in. Just 10 disposals, no tackles for Brad Hill last night, but certainly wasn't alone, and they're searching for answers at Moorabbin this morning. And Brett, what's the latest from the Sheffield Shield final and, of course, the Aussie Swimming Championships? Yes, both in Queensland. We'll start with the cricket at uh, Allen Border Field in Brisbane. Queensland hosting New South Wales. We're leading into day two this morning and the home side off to a really strong start. They'll resume on one for 58, trailing by 85 runs. Yesterday, they skittled the Blues for 143. Michael Nisa was the star, claiming five wickets. And at the Aussie Swim Championships, also in Queensland, this one on the Gold Coast. Uh, Now, this is being held during the morning to match up with the time that they will be competing in Tokyo. So a little bit different for our athletes who are used to swimming and, and uh, competing at night time. Kyle Chalmers, Ariana Titmus were two of the, the most impressive performers uh, yesterday. Kyle taking out the 200 metre men's freestyle and Ariana with a world class time in the women's event as well. They'd both had time out of the pool recently due to shoulder injury so some good signs there for those two. Kyle Chalmers and Ariana Titmus at the swimming championships which continue this morning on the Gold Coast. Another massive week in sport. Brett, thank you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country this Friday morning as we head into the beautiful weekend. Brisbane, sunny and 29 today. Shower or two on the way for Sydney, top of 22. Cloudy and 16 for Melbourne, sunny and 19 for Canberra. Partly cloudy, top of 16 today for Hobart. Partly cloudy and 21 for Adelaide. Mostly sunny and a lovely top of 27 today for Perth. And a morning shower on the way for Darwin with a high of 27. Final details have been released ahead of Prince Philip's funeral this weekend. It will be a scale back service because of COVID restrictions at Windsor Castle, with just 30 guests allowed to attend, including Prince Philip's four children, his eight grandchildren and relatives from the German side of his family. The Queen will have to wear a mask and sit two metres apart from other guests due to social distancing rules. While it's also been revealed that brothers William and Harry won't walk together behind the coffin, separated by their cousin Peter Phillips. The Duke of Edinburgh passed away last week at the age of 99. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today, with Steve Price by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.